Hey Conjurers, I'm Steph. And I'm Sham. Merry Christmas! Christmas is one of the most wonderful times of the year. We get to spend uninterrupted time with our loved ones, give and receive gifts, and enjoy home-cooked meals together. However, Christmas is also the time of year depression hits people the hardest. We often take this day for granted and don't realize just how lucky we are to experience the joy of it all. But today, we are going to tell you a story of a much darker family Christmas. In the winter of 1929 in Lawsonville, North Carolina, Charles Lawson, also known as Charlie, decided to surprise his family by taking them into town and splurging on new clothes for his wife, Fanny, and seven children. He bought all the kids, 17-year-old Marie, 16-year-old Arthur, 12-year-old Carrie, 7-year-old Maybelle, 4-year-old James, 2-year-old Raymond, and 4-month-old Mary Lou something nice to wear for Christmas. In total, the Lawson family had 8 children, but their son William had passed away around his 8th birthday. After shopping, he took them to get a family portrait together, which was not common for the everyday family back then. It was actually quite a luxury expense back in the 1920s. Two weeks later, on Christmas Day, the family was celebrating together at their home. Fanny baked a Christmas cake as the kids played and everyone enjoyed the magical glow of Christmas. The oldest son, Arthur, had been sent into town to buy shotgun shells so they could go hunting for rabbits, part of their family Christmas tradition. Well, that sounds like a nice and festive way to spend December with your family. Yeah, pretty nice holiday for back then, I'm sure. But I'm guessing their Christmas didn't turn out to be as joyous as one might imagine. You would be right. This is when things took a turn for the worst. Carrie and Maybelle were outside playing with each other when their father, Charlie, walked up to them and out of nowhere began beating them before shooting each little girl with a shotgun. He then turned his attention to his wife, Fanny, who was sitting on the porch and fired one shot, instantly ending her life. Once it was clear they were all dead, he walked into the house and calmly shot his oldest daughter, Marie, and his two toddler sons, James and Raymond. There was only one more Lawson left in the house, the baby Mary Lou. He bludgeoned her to death and placed her in the crib. Well, that escalated quickly. What's up with all the bludgeoning and beating if you can just shoot them like he did his wife and daughter? Why wouldn't you want to give them a quick death instead of, you know, causing them pain at first? Right? Totally excessive. So he just left them laying there? After Charlie brutally murdered his family, he arranged them in a rather odd way. He laid them all down and put their hands on their chest in the same position someone would be in if they were in a casket. He then gently placed rocks under their heads as if they were each resting on a pillow. So you take someone's life brutally, then rest their heads gently on a rock? I don't get it. It's weird, right? Maybe it was his way of showing remorse, like he wanted them to look peaceful. So did he wait for his son to come home after all that? No. So with the family's two dogs, Sam and Queen in tow, Charlie retreated to the woods. He even took the time to stop at a nearby creek to wash the blood of his family off his hands. Several hours later, sitting under a peaceful tree, he took his own life by a gunshot to the chest. When his body was found, investigators saw footprints circling the tree near Charlie's body, 
which led them to believe he had been pacing around for a long time before shooting himself. The investigators even found two unfinished notes in Charlie's pockets. The first note said, trouble can cause, and the second one said, no one to blame but... Well, those notes were obviously related to the crime. I just wish he had finished it so everyone could have a better understanding of where he was coming from. He obviously couldn't find the words to justify what he had done. I think he probably felt horrible about it. How was he able to fire all those gunshots in broad daylight without causing attention? Right? With as many gunshots as he had fired off, you would think somebody nearby would come to his family's aid at some point. But no one was concerned with the sound of gunshots out there because the Lawsons lived on the outskirts in hunting territory. It was even less concerning that day because rabbit hunting was very popular in North Carolina on Christmas Day. Their bodies were only discovered later that afternoon when family members stopped by to wish them a Merry Christmas. Upon walking into the Lawson's cabin, there was blood everywhere, and the furniture was in disarray. Getting the bodies off the property was going to be a challenge. It was a snowy day, and because the Lawson's lived on such a steep hill, the only way to get the bodies to the hearses was to wrap the bodies in borrowed sheets and slide their bodies down on makeshift sleds. Okay, well, that's a creative way to move a body. And the fact that that furniture was all over the place leads me to believe that someone had attempted to defend themselves. Yeah, and they definitely got inventive with getting those bodies out. So inventive. This is such a horrific case, especially in the 20s. Yeah, and it didn't take long for the news of the Lawson family murder to travel. The town became almost fascinated with how one man could so unexpectedly take the life of his wife and almost all of his children. On December 27th, five hearses drove down Murphy Street with the bodies of the Lawson family in the longest funeral procession the town had likely ever seen. Over 5,000 people attended the Lawson family funeral. It was so crowded that people parked miles away and walked just to see the open caskets of the eight murdered Lawsons. It was said that four-month-old Mary Lou was placed in the casket with her mother, Fanny, in the position of her being cradled. Oh, that is so sad, but yet so sweet. It's crazy to me how popular this murder became. The news spread that wildly without the help of internet and the 24-hour news cycle. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like this was the crime of the decade. The tragedy became so popular that Charlie's brother Marion decided to capitalize off the slaying of his family. He set up Lawson's home as a museum of sorts charging people 25 cents to tour the property, which is the equivalent of about $4 per person today. People showed up from all over just to take a look at the bloodstains left at the scene and the cake Fanny made for Christmas that was still in the same condition as she had left it. People even went as far as stealing the raisins that Fanny had put on the cake as a souvenir. This caused Charlie's brother to encase the cake in glass and prevent anyone from having easy access to it and preserve the cake for years. That's so sick and twisted. Was he that desperate for money? Either way, it's messed up. And uh, who the hell steals raisins from a crime scene as a memento? A weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Sharon will give us a better understanding of this family after this short break. 
Charles Davis Lawson, a.k.a. Charlie, was one of 11 children born to Augustus and Nancy Lawson. His family owned and ran a tobacco farm, and he was known as a typical farm boy. He was very well-liked, quiet, respectful, and hardworking. When Charlie was 24, he met the love of his life, 19-year-old Fanny Manring, and they married one year later. Their relationship moved fairly quickly, as relationships did back then, and it wasn't long before they were the parents of eight children. Charlie is one of 11 kids, and then he had eight kids of his own. My God, that's a lot of kids. I struggle with just my one some days. This family clearly loves the kids. I could never get past having three children max, but I also come from a home with three siblings, and so does my husband. I'm one of three, and my husband's an only child, so we're stopping it too. I would go insane. <laughs> I bet supporting such a big family was a challenge. Oh, definitely. Charlie worked hard for his large family by working multiple positions at a tobacco farm. His dream, as well as his siblings' dream, was to one day build their own farms for their individual families. After doing some saving and applying for a loan, Charlie was finally able to buy his own 60-acre farm for $1,500 in an area called Germantown in 1918. His brother owned a farm that wasn't too far from the one that he had purchased, making the location ideal. Charlie packed up his family and moved, but the big dreams he had took a turn for the worse before they could even really settle in. Charlie developed arthritis, and it was so bad at one point, he ended up being bedridden. His job was farming, and back then, men were expected to be the head of the household. He had to work. It wasn't an option. So he began taking the steps he needed to regain some health. That sucks. When your job is manual labor, like farming, a severe illness like that is devastating to every aspect of your life. Physical labor is very risky because your tool is your body. So if that gives out, everything else is put on pause. I'm guessing this didn't really turn around for poor Charlie. Well, around the same time, his father was diagnosed with pneumonia and soon passed away. Through this, Charlie was completely broken, but he was still so ill at the time that he couldn't even make it to his father's funeral. A few months later, Charlie recovered enough to go back to working on the farm but the farm wasn't doing as well as he had hoped. He wasn't making enough from the farm to pay off the loan he took out to purchase it, so it didn't take long for the land to be put back into the original owner's name. In order to support his family, Charlie did the only thing he could do. He took a job as a farm tenant at one of his friend's local farms. Around the same time in 1920, his son William had just turned six years old, and began to fall ill with what looked like a cold but progressed to pneumonia. This terrified Charlie, since that's what took the life of his father. Unfortunately, a week after his eighth birthday, William passed away and was buried close by. Oh man, that's a lot to deal with in a short period of time. Mentally, I have no idea how I would deal with such major losses like that. A parent and a child. That's unimaginable. Agreed. What mystifies everyone the most is why he would have done this to his family. While one theory is that Charlie had been suffering from a head injury that he received two months earlier, it occurred when he was digging a ditch on his farm and hit his head with a mattock, which is like a larger hammer that you would never find today. <laughs> After his death, his brain was removed and it was sent to John Hopkins Hospital, but they found no abnormalities upon examination. 
However, on the initial autopsy report, it was noted that Charlie's brain was relatively smaller than the average adult male brain, and a portion of it seemed underdeveloped. It's not uncommon for head injuries to cause a change in behavior for someone. This would explain his odd behavior of taking his family into the city to purchase clothing and an expensive family portrait, all while being a poor, struggling tobacco farmer and then taking their lives only two weeks later so effortlessly. A brain injury and possibly an undeveloped brain to begin with? Yeah, that could explain it. That's all I would need to see to know that it's obvious his head injury had an effect on him. What other theories did people come up with? Another theory is that Charlie was having an affair, not just with any woman from town, but his 17-year-old daughter, Marie. It's speculated that his alleged abuse of his daughter led to Marie getting pregnant. Close family friends even verified that she was indeed pregnant at the time of her death, and her mother, Fanny, was fully aware of the baby. It's possible that that shame and embarrassment of impregnating his child was part of the reason he murdered his family. It's also possible that that combination of his head injury, money problems, and his incestuous affair caused him to snap that day. However, on the initial autopsy, there was no detailed information regarding Marie being pregnant at all. Uh, I hope this theory isn't true. But if it is, I see how that would have been a huge scandal, especially back in the 20s. But it still doesn't make it okay to kill your whole family. The fact that some people knew about it and did nothing, including her own mother, if this theory is true, I would assume it wasn't that uncommon back in the 1920s. I think father and daughter relationships were always uncommon. Cousins, sure, back then. But never a parent and a child. (laughs) But not everyone died that day, right? So there's also the question of Charlie's oldest son, Arthur, and why he alone was able to avoid the vicious fate of the rest of his family. It may have been luck that he decided to go into town at the time Charlie had planned all of this, and it's likely that Charlie did premeditate the slaying on Christmas Day. However, if Charlie wanted to take Arthur's life, he could have done it before the boy headed out. Some suggest Charlie couldn't bring himself to end his entire family line, and as his oldest male heir intentionally saved Arthur's life to carry on the family name. That's interesting. You have to wonder if it was a coincidence or planned that way. He had clearly thought out in advance and executed his plan efficiently. So I would think Arthur being away from the house was probably planned too. Oh yeah, I'm sure Charlie sent him there versus him making that decision on his own that day. Maybe Charlie thought Arthur would fight back. Arthur was also already bigger than his father, even at only 16, and could likely have defended himself and his family better than the others. Charlie could have viewed him as a threat, and that could be why Charlie waited for him to leave before acting. Fifteen years later, Arthur would tragically die at the age of 31 in a truck accident, removing the last remaining Lawson survivor from this earth. This poor family... A 16-year-old kid had to continue on living, knowing his dad had killed everyone but him, and then fate takes him anyway in a random accident. It's like this family was cursed or something. Right, like they never stood a chance in the first place. The Lawson family is buried together in a large grave located at Broder Cemetery near Germantown, where they are still laid to rest today. What caused Charlie to snap and murder his family? 
And why did he choose to take them on Christmas Day? One might say, if your life was becoming too heavy, why wouldn't you just run away and leave your family behind alive and well? Did something happen the days leading up to the murder that could have caused Charlie to hate his family that much? Unfortunately, we will never know what really happened to ignite the events of that tragic day. The holiday blues can come in many forms, whether it's anxiety, depression, or PTSD. For that, there is a 24-hour hotline called SAMHSA National Helpline. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration offers a confidential free 24-hour-a-day, 365-days-a-year information service available in both English and Spanish for individuals and family members facing mental and or substance use disorders. This service provides referrals to local treatment facilities, support groups, and community-based organizations. For more information, you can contact them at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. To view images, information, and sources from this case, visit our website at crumbandconjure.com. Research and writing for this episode was done by Stefan Sham. Editing of this episode by Denver Fortner Productions, with music by Jordan Elena. Be sure to check out our Instagram, at Cram and Conjure Podcast, for our question of the week. Steph, what is our bonus conjure tip? Today I want to talk about black tourmaline. During the holiday season, you may be feeling joyous, but this time of year also brings stress and negativity into your space. To avoid negative energy from affecting you, carry black tourmaline with you. This stone can strengthen your immune system, help fight off depression, and some believe it can even help your lungs fight off an invasion of infections, including pneumonia. But please note, we are not medical professionals. I'm willing to carry any stone with me that may provide added protection for my family's health. I'm definitely going to start taking mine wherever I go, especially in 2020. Thanks, Steph. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. Until Until next time, time, stay vigilant, conjurers. Ho, ho, ho.